Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's that time of the week. It's Doggy Pod time. Hello, possums. Of course, that's an old Australian uh, actress, actor, who used to say that. And uh, to our international audience, it just means hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Doggy Pod. I'm Dr. Rob Zammett, and with me is my producer, Stephen Peters. That was Dame Edna Everidge, I think, who used to say hello, possums. And hello to everyone, and thanks for listening to this brand new episode of Australia's best podcast on dogs, the Doggy Pod. Today... We'll talk about the importance of play for all dogs, not just their bodies, but their minds as well. And I'm going to demystify all the things about vaccinations with dogs. I mean, what vaccines do we need? And uh, does every dog need to be vaccinated? Do we need to use them every year? Good point, good point. And Dr. Rob will talk about some of the things that you really need to look out for when you're buying dog food or dog treats, particularly the ones made overseas. But before we get into that, let's talk about what's been happening in Dr. Rob's clinic this week. Well, I'll tell you what's been an outbreak of gastroenteritis. In fact, at the moment, mm. uh, I left the clinic to come over here to do this episode with checking on 10 dogs on uh, intravenous drips. 10? 10. Yeah, 10. Oh. So <laughs> most we've had in a long time. And that, that's all just from your area? Yeah, yeah. It's, so there's an outbreak in the area. I guess the lesson here is if your dog starts showing signs of vomiting and diarrhea, get to the vet as quickly as possible. It may avoid them having to go uh, into hospital and have intravenous uh, a drip put in and intravenous antibiotics. But these dogs, um, some of these dogs have been vomiting for a few days before people get here. Others straight away and they come in and we can treat them very much orally with you know just as outpatients mm. and make sure they're okay but once they start to dehydrate dogs you know much smaller than us uh, they dehydrate quickly and then things start to go very sour with them the bacteria then start to change in their gut they've got a much shorter intestinal tract than we have once the bacteria change they can go into their bloodstream and cause a lot of problems. So we have to support them very, very quickly with intravenous antibiotics, intravenous, um, sometimes intravenous supplements, sometimes intravenous feeding, alimentation, when things go bad. 
And of course, fluids and electrolytes are central to try and help things. And all the other medications go in as well that way. Rather than have to do that, and it becomes an expensive exercise, having a dog on a drip for any number of days in hospital, mm. uh, you can use sometimes oral things if you can stop the vomiting and, and medicate them orally way, way better. Get onto it quickly if you see any gastroenteritis. Diarrhea is still the most common reason dogs are taken to the vets because what do dogs do naturally if they come across something that's a bit suspicious, I wonder what that is, they give it a lick. And if there's bacteria and junk and that, they'll pick it up quickly. Mm. At the moment, it's probably a viral thing that's going through the area. And dogs, when they go for the walk, sniff and lick things. Just be a bit careful. If you hear there's a, a, an outbreak of a gastroenteritis virus or any sort of virus, maybe keep away from dog parks. And when you take your dog for a walk, keep him away from uh, you know, any unusual-looking things on the ground. Stop him maybe from doing all the scent work that you normally let your dog do. We like our dogs to smell and you know, have an adventure out there because it stimulates their minds. Listen to those dogs. They're, not, they're okay. They're my dogs. Yeah, no they, don't, they don't sound No cool. one's sick at the moment. <laughs> um, yeah, we like to let them smell because it gives them that adventure when they're out. But sometimes if there's viruses around, keep your dog just walking fast, go on, the, on that mission of a, a real fast walk, not so much smelling, no licking of things if you can avoid it, and prevent your dog from getting anything bad. So it's been particularly messy around the... Uh, Dr. Rob Zamet Clinic. Well, I went down to the local dog park to see what was going on, and yeah, there was a lot of diarrhea that hasn't been picked up down there. Yeah. And so I've been telling my clients to keep away from the dog parks, keep away from any congregation of dogs at the moment until this settles down. What we'll need is a little bit of rain, wash everything away, and that t- tends to s- slow things down when you see this sort of thing. We haven't had rain for a while now, and so that's when I see these viruses. Uh, accumulating in in parks, etc. So be careful. So if a dog's on a drip, how do you stop it ripping its drip out? Most dogs are really, really good about it. Really? There are very few dogs I need to do. I mean, we put the line, the catheter in, intravenous Mm. catheter, connect the line, then we wrap it up. Mm -hmm. Um, If they are looking like they're going to try and chew at it, then I might put something on the actual wrapping that I've put on, the actual dressing, Something so smelly or... Smelly, like um, you know, a, a deep heat is a rub that we use oh, yeah. in Australia for, for muscles and things, a, a menthol rub. Dogs hate the smell of it. You put that on it, they usually leave it alone. Some dogs will say, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, you're testing me out, I'm still going to do it. So occasionally we have to use a type of collar to stop the dog getting to the actual area and one of those big plastic things well i try not to use those cone of shame cone of shame yeah there are other ones that you can use um which you go around their neck and just stops them a little bit from giving to their leg but it varies from dog to dog but the majority of dogs will leave it alone and i have no problems with that in hospital they're quite dogs are very very good at accepting their lot in life not like humans Okay, Rob, just how important is playtime for dogs, both physical play and, and also mental play? You know, Because a lot of dogs, they love it. A lot of dogs just like sitting around and sleeping all day. Is that a bad thing? Mm. How, how much is enough? I think every dog loves playtime. The reason they sit around and sleep all day is because 
No one's giving them any adventures to you know, go out and play or do anything else. I mean, they shouldn't be playing all day. A dog in the wild will go out and hunt at dawn and dusk. Mm. And they'll have little plays with each other through the day to keep them active and keep their muscles loosened and ready to go if they have to chase something down. Dogs hunt differently to cats. Our cats ambush. Dogs chase and chase and chase. That's what canines do. Damn those cats. Yeah, ambushing. So it's it, playtime is very, very important, plus mentally, not just um, that feeling of, yeah, that's what we do in the wild, but also establishes a better relationship with you if you do some playtime with dogs. And there's a few myths about um, play as well with dogs. Really? One of them is, oh, don't ever do tug of war with your dog because it can make him aggressive. The fear is it will create aggression. If your dog's, you do a tug of war and your dog wins the prize, it's going to make it you know, aggressive and always wants to win. Well, that's two guys called Rooney and Bradshaw, behaviourists, did a great study on tug of war games with dogs and found that this is not true. So nothing wrong with tug of war games. You, know, you don't want to do it on every piece of clothing, of course. That's, no. you know, otherwise, you're going to have a lot of problems. But maybe have a specific toy that's the tug of war toy for your dog. It certainly bonds your dog, gets an emotional closeness, and no, it doesn't cause aggression in in most cases. And the other thing is, oh, only only do it when they're young. No, do it even in old age. It actually keeps them young. Playtime with dogs keeps them Physical very, very young. Yeah, it keeps them mentally uh, uh, acute so they don't get so much dementia later on in life. And certainly it makes them feel good about everything in life. Chase play, well, don't chase the dog. If you want if you want chase play, you have to run away from your dog. Yes, he's agreeing with me, that dog. Yep, totally. <laughs> so Be- so don't chase your dog. No, because if you chase the dog and then it starts thinking, whenever dad comes towards me or mum comes towards me, um, I'll, I'll run, run off away. and we'll have play. Mm-hmm. And I'll run across the road and get hit by a car and get killed. So mm. don't chase your dog ever. But yes, the dog can chase you. They they win every time. Wrestling, again, wrestling plays a lot of fun. Don't overdo it. I mean, you don't want them to get angry about it, but a little bit of it's a highly emotional arousal for your dog, wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that what, do you, what do you call wrestling, though, like uh, uh, rolling them on their back and yeah, tickling and, and, their yeah, tummy yeah, and all well, that? It, yeah, and, and the same, you getting on your back. On, you've you know, seen me out there <laughs> on my back with my dogs jumping all over me. Um, it's I have seen you on your back a few times, yeah. but usually after a couple of drinks. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> balloons. Oh, a lot of fun. Dogs love balloons. Oh, yeah. Most dogs. You throw them up in the air and they come down. The dog jumps at it and the balloon goes back up and mm. it comes down. Balloons and balls, of course. Balls. We've talked a few episodes ago about teaching a dog to retrieve. Mm. Dogs love it because it's a it bursts of energy for them, just racing out, grabbing that ball and coming back. So retrieving. Hide and seek. Hide and seek is a lot of fun for dogs. How do you do it? Well, if you don't have, not many people have big trees or sheds in their backyard. No. Uh, but, you know, it, it's usually if, if there's two people involved. So one person holds the dog on the long lead and you race off, go hide behind a tree in a park or somewhere or and let the dog come and find you. Dogs love that sort of game. That is because they're using their nose. It's all natural stuff mm. for them. And scent work in dogs is now part of obedience training. A lot of obedience places will teach you to do just scent work because dogs love it so much. Remember, they have 10,000 times 
the sense of smell that we have. And they live in the world of smell. So hide-and-seek games where they use their nose to find you, they'll love it. So if your dog's sitting around sleeping most of the day, you're just a lazy owner. That's it. (laughs) Now we're hearing a lot these days about the importance of vaccinations and and how it can return our lives to some normality. Um, Pretty much every day on the news there's something about vaccinations. but most of us, as we know, our dogs need to be vaccinated. We get told that from, you know, when we get a puppy or or any sort of dog, really. So what are the basics? Why do dogs need vaccinations? What are they? What are the most common vaccinations? And do all dogs need vaccinating? Mm, yeah, do all dogs need vaccinating? 1978, <laughs> I always think about, because it was the year I graduated and I had lots of dogs on drips and... Many of them died, and I thought, I just shouldn't have become a vet. I'm incompetent. I don't know what I'm doing. These dogs would hemorrhage. It was dreadful. I uh, contacted my friend, Professor Sabine at the university and Dr. Daria Love, and just said, what am I doing wrong? What's wrong here? And they said, bring down some samples. We brought down some samples, and they discovered a new organism in dogs. Uh, they wrote a paper on it was parvovirus. Oh, yes. It was killing these dogs. Some of them were surviving the attack of parvo and then dying later on because the parvovirus attacked their heart muscle and they died at 12 months or so. It was dreadful. And finally, a vaccine came out. Um, The vaccine was initially very good. Then they had some problems with the vaccine, as it happens. Hmm. And some dogs were getting parvovirus from the vaccination, so people stopped vaccinating. Lo and behold, they were stopped vaccinating for everything. What did we see come out? Distemper and more parvovirus. But distemper came back because people stopped vaccinating. So these bugs that we often think, oh, we haven't seen distemper for a long time, stop vaccinating and unfortunately you will see it again. So what? So what's the, distemper? What, what distemper are the is symptoms? a virus that well causes uh, pneumonia, causes meningitis, uh, severe meningitis, and usually death. Right. Yeah, you know, the respiratory problems uh, occur, and neurological problems occur, and the dog usually dies with it. If they live, some of them are fine; they're no problems. Others are left with neurological problems and seizuring through life, or just never ever coordinating properly when they're walking, they have a lot of problems with it. So the stemper is still out there. All you have to do is stop vaccinating and you'll see it. Mm. Um, it's a dreadful disease. Parvo is certainly out there. We get Every year we get outbreaks somewhere of parvovirus because people decide not to vaccinate for a while and we see parvo coming through. Parvo, so what's the vaccination? Once a year? Once every few years? It, well, you should buy, If you're buying a puppy, it should have been vaccinated before you buy it mm. once. That's done around six weeks of age. The veterinarian should give a thorough physical examination for your pup and then vaccinate it if it's healthy. You then have to vaccinate again at 12 weeks. And mostly in most dogs, that's enough. But some breeds, especially like Rottweilers, definitely not enough. They'll have a third vaccination. How do you know if your dog's um, vaccinated enough? I guess you could do a blood test, a teeter test to see, or you could just give it another vaccination. A lot cheaper to just give it another vaccination and make sure it's covered. 
So you, you can you there's no such thing as too many vaccinations on a dog. Well, there's all sorts of arguments. Like if you don't know that. your dog's history and yeah, if you don't know the dog's history, you're better off vaccinating. I think, or you can do blood tests, as I say. But the blood tests become an expensive exercise, yeah. and and then you're waiting for those to come back, and then you vaccinate anyway. So certainly, as as young babies, they have to be vaccinated at six weeks, twelve weeks, and we recommend sixteen weeks as well. Um, that's the start. And then 12 months after that, they get another vaccination. 12 months after their last vaccination, they're vaccinated again. That's the beginnings of it. Mm. Then do they need it again? Well, there's been arguments for and against. The only way to find out if your dog needs vaccination or not is to, to as I said, do a teeter test, do a blood test. Or your vet does, obviously. Yeah, yeah. your vet will do a blood test if you're not sure. Um, some people say, no, that's fine, that's all I'm going to do. What vaccines do you use? Well, the three essentials to start with are distemper, hepatitis and parvovirus. We also vaccinate for uh, kennel cough, which is, mm. a, a, there are two bugs that cause kennel cough. One is called para-influenza, uh, which only affects dogs. The other one's called bordetella bronchiceptor, which can also affect people. Bordetella bronchiceptor is related to whooping cough, which is bordetella pertussis. And the two can cross-infect. You know, your dogs can get whooping cough, and believe it or not, um, your often children, can, and one of my children did, get the bug bordetella bronchiceptor from a dog. Mm. Well, our doggy pod uh, listeners will know that um, we, we did uh, a special chat about kennel yeah. cough only a couple of episodes ago. Exactly. So... Then there's two more. Well, there's lots more. Yeah, depending on what country you're in. You know, some countries we require rabies vaccination. It's not in Australia, but a lot of countries overseas, essential in some areas, uh, some parts of Europe mm. where it's endemic in the population. So in rabies the wild. Is still <clears throat> still exists. Oh yeah, in foxes in France, we know it's pretty well endemic in in a lot of those animals. So and some of our bats, we get worried about with rabies type viruses. Mm. So. It's pretty essential to vaccinate against rabies in many countries. There's a bug called leptospirosis, which is carried by rodents. And in Australia, at the moment, there's an outbreak of rodents right through Australia. So a lot of dogs were getting leptospirosis, so we're vaccinating them for that. And the leptospirosis in Australia comes with another antigen, Stephen. Mm -hmm. Guess what that might be? Oh, yes, coronavirus. Right. Yes, your dog can be vaccinated that against corona. sounds familiar. Yeah. You, you may have to wait, but your dog will be vaccinated. It's a different type of, uh, yeah, slight difference in, in species of coronavirus, mm. the way it affects dogs, and it causes mainly uh, gastroenteritis in dogs, not respiratory symptoms. But, yeah, so how often do you vaccinate? Some people say annually. Some people say not necessary after the first few years. The only way you can find out, quite simple if you really care about your dog, okay, don't vaccinate every year because there are people saying, oh, if you vaccinate every year, they get cancer. Uh, I don't know that that's true. I don't think it's ever been proven. But if you're not sure and you want to know if your dog's covered against parvo and distemper at least, blood tests, do a teeter test, and you know if your dog needs vaccination or not. Quite simple. At different times over the Doggy Pod series, Rob has talked about the potential dangers of treats. 
for our dog and dog food, particularly imported treats and imported dog food. What should we be looking out for? Because I would, you know, I wouldn't necessarily look at the packet and assume most treats and dog food are made here in Australia. Yeah, not so. Not so by a long way. Any treats or food, in fact, for that matter, that are imported from overseas um, have to be irradiated, have to have radiation put through them. Uh, right. Before they come into the country, so. But yeah. is there are there a lot of dog that's uh, one food and treats that are yeah lots of them lots of them and unfortunately we um, look the ones from Europe and the United States and the United Kingdom they're fine they've been okay but we import lots we import lots and the ones from Asia and particularly China and no I'm not China bashing it's just the fact hmm. uh, the ones from China are causing a lot of deaths in dogs the dogs end up with a syndrome um, which knocks out their kidneys basically and causes kid, total kidney failure and the dogs will die. So why why would that be, you know, specifically with treats and dog food from Asia? Is it well, what would be the reason for that? I guess would you go to the wet markets in China and eat something from the wet markets? No, and uh, they're not being as careful with what they're putting in the food. A lot of it is um if you like, they use the good part of the animal for human consumption. Mm. The other parts are going in to make treats. You know, they don't make chicken treats from chicken breast and, <laughs> and chicken Five. thighs. Yes. No, they make chicken treats from heads, intestines, and maybe not even the feet. You know, mm. you know, that's where they're, they're making treats from. But there have uh, been deaths, you're saying, that are traced oh, to imported absolutely. treats. Absolutely, and, and you know, they've banned some of them because they've been so bad. And they cause a lot of problems. The amount of uh, treats, especially if ones the fish ones, see with fish they don't use the fillet of the fish to make treats. Mm. They use the carcass, the leftover carcass, which has the intestines, and the whole abdominal cavity of a fish is very, very high in uremia, which is a a chemical, which is the end product of protein. It's it's a waste product of protein Mm. metabolism. And if you get a lot of uremia in your system, you knock out your kidneys very, very fast. There was a product, in fact, made in Australia, which did have uremia in it. They didn't realise it. Um, And the manufacturers immediately took it off the market, so it's no problem. But it it caused problems with the... um, muscles of the esophagus. The esophagus is the tube that goes from the stomach up to the mouth or vice versa. You put food in your mouth, you chew it, it goes into the tube called the esophagus, which is muscular and pushes the food down to the stomach. It it was knocking that out. So they stopped that, but it still goes on with the products from Asia. A lot of uremia in their products is causing kidney failure and will also cause problems with the muscles of the esophagus and other regions as well. But certainly the kidney failure has been drastically uh, noted in many, many dogs that have eaten uh, products, unfortunately, from China. I'm not, as I said, we're not trying to bash no, any country. Not. It's not my bag here. But um, any of the, anything from Southeast Asia, from Asia countries, for me, for my dogs, no, it's not going to happen. I always pick up a product and have a look. Now, we all like to buy Australian goods. I certainly do want to buy Australian. But we forget to look at the simple things. You know, it could be just whatever it is on the shelf that you're buying for yourself. Check and see where it's made. Certainly with dog food, it's very very clearly labelled where it is made. 
And for me, if it's made in China or Asia, I will not buy it. I'm sorry. It's just not for my dogs. Too dangerous. See, Way I'm, too dangerous. I'm surprised. I just would have assumed, which is obviously the wrong thing to do, that most dog food that you buy and treats like that are, mm. are all made locally. Yeah, look, even no matter where you go, whether it's the supermarket or the pet shops, mm. if it's packaged up and it's not packaged in Australia, you know, in the pet shop itself, have a look at the label. It'll tell you where it's made. Mm. And as I say, just look for made in Australia. Yep, that's that'll do me. So would that include um, labels that say that it's from imported uh, meat, but ac- actually processed here in Australia. Uh, yeah, look, I, for me, just keep away I, from it. I'd keep away from it. I prefer Australian-made, Australian products. Um, most of them will tell you. A lot, of the, a lot of the treats will even tell you Australian-made, sourced from Australian uh, goods and things made in Australia. Mm. Good to know. Okay, thank you for listening to this episode of the Doggy Pod. We really appreciate it. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope you've learned something, which is, you know, always a bit of fun if you can learn something. Um, And I can hear all the dogs in the background saying goodbye as well. Please uh, remember to follow us on Facebook, tell a friend. And uh, Rob, uh, or as I like to call him, the Oracle, (laughs) is going to uh, give us some parting words. One of the first behaviourists I ever followed was a chap called Conrad Lorenz, and he said that the bond with a true dog is as lasting as the ties of this earth will ever be. Right. I don't know if I get that, but I'm sure it's important. You can think about it, and you can listen to it over and over on The Doggy Pod. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 